You're listening to the Feel Better Show, brought to you by Dragons. Um, 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 da 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 dum. It's the Feel Better Show! This is Feel Better with the Feel Better Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to your favorite podcast, the podcast that everyone loves listening to because it's so wholesomely and good. Um, today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest, a former enemy of Canada, <laughs> now valent supporter. I have Carlisle on, ladies and gentlemen, from not one, not two, but three podcasts. That's right. It's me, a white guy in his mid-twenties. I have three podcasts. <laughs> that's just like, there we go, people. Um, that's what podcasting is, just white people talking yeah. pretty much in their mid-20s to 30s, and then up to like 50, they start again. I don't know. Funny why. thing is, I'm not even white, but I just like telling that joke because I think it's a funny joke. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, yeah, I that... think I get my love for podcasting from my mother, I guess. <laughs> from my English mother. There you go. Um, Carlisle... Please give us a quick introduction and about the three podcasts you do and why you love Canada so much. Well, um, well, free healthcare—that's amazing. Um, <laughs> True. I've 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 never tried it, but I've heard wonderful things about poutine, and um, that there you go, ladies and gentlemen, is the two things that I know about Canada that come to mind when you about Canada. And you know what? If you base if you have those two things in your bank of knowledge. How could you be against such a country? I was for a while, as as Phil said. I was a rival, but I've been brought to the light. And uh, now I've turned against my own home country, Luxembourg. So, fuck Luxembourg. <laughs> go Canada. And <laughs> that's, how I, that's just how I feel. Um, I, yeah, so yeah, because I'm single, I have three podcasts. Uh, the first being Dungans and Dragnos, which is a podcast where me and my two idiot friends come up with uh, things to use in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, but the catch is none of us know how to play Dungeons and Dragons, so it just sort of is nonsense. Um, uh, content, presumably, which is me doing whatever the hell I want with two people on. Uh, Phil's been on once twice. or twice? Twice. Twice, yeah, um, twice. And once sober and once drunk. <laughs> yes, 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 you are. Yes, you come. Yes, of course, you came on the first episode, and then you came on the later episode where you were really drunk, which probably should yeah, just finished... be the name of that podcast. Phil's <laughs> <laughs> really drunk. That's it. <laughs> and I have a podcast called A Podcast for Everyone, which sounds like it's just sort of vague and for anybody to listen to. It's actually extremely niche. It's a reference to the second album of the British pop rock band Busted. And me and my friend Charlie sort of break down their lyrics, which are all kind of stupid and silly, and try to make them sound profound, uh, because we think that's a fun way to waste our time. It, it is. It is. Uh, I've been on a, a guess on that one. I've been, I guess, on two out of three of your podcasts. Indeed. And it's always been fun. It's fun. We also... And yeah, and we also we were soon, so we maybe slot you in on the third if you come stay around my house or something. Oh, done. <laughs> um, but also we've also been a uh, we've been on two podcasts together apart from our own podcast. We were on um, getting, uh, get, getting to know who is where this 
the whole love slash rivalry with Canada started. Yes. Because I made... <laughs> To be honest, a pretty innocuous joke about Canada. <laughs> I think my joke and I just was, took it too far. Canadians love maple syrup, hey? And uh, you were like, hey, fuck you, buddy. So I said, no, fuck <laughs> you, buddy. And we decided to just get really stuck into the idea of me being against you. But the problem was, your my the position I had to take to amp up being against you was fuck Canada, which is not <laughs> which is not a position that's easy to win. But no, no, only the Bosnians really have uh, reasons to hate us. Um, what did you that's... do to Bosnia? What did you personally, Phil Letter, <laughs> do to Bosnia? The well, I said, I said it was okay to bomb them when Clinton <laughs> decided to bomb them. So they, they, they don't really like us because of my decision. That's fair, uh, to be honest. I, I, I might have problems with that if I were from Bosnia. Yes. But, but as a supporter of Canada, I can thankfully say fuck bosnia (laughs) (laughs) international incidents all according here on the phil better show um no uh so (laughs) fuck but on a a later episode of getting to know who where we went against each other because it's it's like a game show you beat me and so the price of my failure was that I had to start supporting Canada and hating Luxembourg, the country that I'm from, which I yep. continue to do to this day. Go Canada, fuck Luxembourg. <laughs> and then we were on uh, Dante's podcast. Um, play, play D&D. Play D&D. The only time I've ever played Dungeons and Dragons in my life. Yeah. And you were, I was Rocket Raccoon and you were. I was um, Cosmo the Space Dog. Yes, um, which I find really cute because we were even then; those two characters have a hate, love-hate relationship. I, I really love that episode of that podcast because when when we sort of get into a room together, things just sort of turn into nonsense. <laughs> because that, that you know the prior that was the finale as well, and prior episodes of that had been quite focused on the on the plot, and then we just sort of put these weird tangents in where we're kidnapping people because we think they might have weed just like the real guardians of the galaxy do uh, oh god i think i i felt kind of felt bad for rory oh no i'm sure he was fully into it <laughs> no no but at the same time he's like trying to push the story straight like okay we're gonna do this this and then here we have me and you i'm throwing a leg a robotic leg and you have to go chase it and he's like guys we're kind of time limit here people i feel trying to be like i feel worse for jason who was the host of um getting to know who oh yeah podcast has since been discontinued and i think probably we had something (laughs) to do with that because our episode is just the least focus on the game possible it's just us fucking around for an hour yeah I, I'm glad I didn't have to edit that episode because, oh God. I, I noticed uh, when I listened back to it that it was a lot shorter than it could have been. Yeah, he d- he did take some liberties with uh, our tangents, I must say. <laughs> oh God. But yeah. it's it's great. You're just so fun when on any of your podcasts. You're just, oh. you're like, throw the r- rules out the window for podcasting because Carlisle's in the house. Oh, Philium. Can I call you Philium? That's such a nice thing to say. You can call me Philium if you want to call me. First time I've ever been called Philium, so might as well be from a, a former hater. It's good. It's good to cross these bridges together. Uh, I, I, it's quite funny that we're doing this now because when when did we when did you contact me to say do you want to be 
on this episode of this show. Oh, I think God. it was about a year ago. Possibly more, more. than I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, hold on here. March? No. That's me asking you. Okay, that's that's you sending me a mix last year. Yeah, it was last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you messaged me recently about something unrelated. I was like, remember we were going to do this? <laughs> yes, yes, this this amazing Dungeons and Dragons movie what a- starring, oh God, Marlon Wayans, Thor Birch, Justin Willen, and Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons somehow is in this film, yes. Yeah. There must have been a friggin' dump truck of money that just <laughs> rolled up to his English manor being like, here you go, just please. I like but that I have to they've s- got dirt on him somehow. Like, Oh yeah, it, it's one of the two. Either they just threw money at him, or they're like, look, we can release this envelope that has all your dirty secrets, or you can be in this movie. Oh my God. And he's like... I, I like to think it's the it's not the money one, it's probably the blackmail one, because his performance is probably something that feels like it was spiting the people who made him do this, because it is oh, the yeah, hammiest he, performance. He chewed so much scenery. <laughs> he is just <sighs> evil. I'm just, I'm here to be a bad guy and just laugh maniacally. <laughs> And just, it's, it's like, I, I, I like telling people, because every now and again, sort of conversations come up of like, who's, who's always good, you know, and every now and again, someone says Jeremy Irons, and they're always people who haven't seen this film. <laughs> For good reasons. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I absolutely don't hold that against them. Because um, I sort, I mean, I'm happy to be here and talk about it. I do kind of resent the fact that I've now watched it twice. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it when you contacted me the first time and I took extensive notes on it. Oh God. And that was like a year ago. So I lost those. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch this again. I saw yesterday I pulled it up to watch it again. I watched 50 minutes of it and then I turned it off and I was like, I can do this or I can be asleep. And honestly, being asleep sounds like more fun. So I went to bed and then this morning I watched the rest of it. Uh, yeah, God, it's awful. It's a really bad film. It gets a bit better after the halfway mark, but the first half is fucking tragic. You do know there's two sequels to this movie? I've heard, yes. Um, they feel like things that... like Are they direct sequels? Do they feature the same um, characters? So I don't know if it's the same characters. I, I, I didn't put myself through it. <laughs> um, despite its poor box office performance and critical failure... <laughs> <laughs> which let's be honest that's being kind um a made for tv sequel wrath of the dragon god was released in 2005 that's it was not a direct a continuation yeah. wrath of the dragon uh, god sorry <clears throat> carry on <laughs> it's like could you get any more nerdier <laughs> like it was not a direct continuation of the storyline of the previous film though bryce payne's character damador makes a return Okay. Okay. He died, like real bad. He got stabbed <laughs> in the heart and thrown off a really, really, really tall building. When I say really, yeah, but like, he also think like the also, Empire State Building times nine. <laughs> but he also had those things come out of his ears, right? I suppose if he's like possessed by those, then maybe. But it, that yeah. is not a character that should have been like the hallmark. Look, this is in the same series. Yeah, I suppose he was the most. He was probably the most entertaining character to watch that was in the whole film, because literally everyone in this is doing the worst performance. 
Well, Marlon Wayans is on par with his normal. Yeah, Mar- he's basically playing himself, which is fine, yeah. I guess. But it's which distracting because you're like, oh, he's in this and he's doing what he does. <laughs> he just pops in randomly. Like, that's that's what I like about him. He just pops in and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot you were in this movie. He's and then you have... A bad character. He gets a good send-off. Sorry, we, yeah. we can talk about that later. You finish this <laughs> preamble. Then a third film, The Book of Vile Darkness. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Book of Vile Darkness. All right. Okay. Yeah, was shot in 2011. And a direct to DVD release in the United Kingdom on August 9th, twenty twelve. How did it sell? Have you got those figures? Hold on, I'll open up. <laughs> direct to um, DVD. I'm, I mean, obviously this can't go theatrical, but like I just don't so, imagine who buys this. So it was directed by Gary Living. It stars Anthony Howell, Eleanor Gex, and Dominic Malfam. And its budget was $12 million. $12 million? Yeah. You're joking. And, nope. This is what it says on Wikipedia. So let's wait. So the the first movie had a budget of 45 mil and made $33.8 million at the box office. The second one had a budget of $12 million. And its <laughs> box office... <laughs> So much money for what these are. These are so shit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The second one had a box office of one million seven hundred fifty-four dollars and uh, sorry, one million seven hundred fifty-four thousand two hundred and nineteen dollars. Ouch. And the third one doesn't even have a box office. It doesn't yeah. tell anything. And I'm looking at the names of the people in it. Half of them. Are uh, Reddit like on on uh, Wikipedia? They're red, meaning they don't have a page. Yeah. Oh my. God. It's eighty six I... minutes long. Oh my god. Just the, the other idea one. That, like the first one. This, what, you said the second one had a budget of twelve million and made about one million. Yeah. Yeah. And after that loss, not only do you greenlight a third movie in this franchise, you throw the same budget at it. <laughs> Hey, you never know. Um, maybe I the mean, special effects were better. Maybe because the mean, act, it, the actors it would did be not garner hard to make them worse than what yeah. this first film. Um, so wait, the first one was uh, it was it was distributed by New Line. The second one was distributed by Sci Fi Pictures Original Films and Warner Home Video for DVD. The third one was distributed by I Am Global. It's quite, it's quite telling that clearly none of these distributors wanted to take up <laughs> the, uh, that job again. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, we, we, we've had enough. Have fun. You're good. Wait, let's see what the production companies. So the production companies for the first one was Behavior Worldwide, Silver Pictures, Sweet Pea Entertainment. Be- I've never heard Behavior, of any of those. Behavior Worldwide is an awful name for a production company. Yeah. Well, it sounds that's, like, that's s- whole... like schooling for children with ADHD or something. <laughs> um, the second one doesn't have any production companies, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some guy in his backyard. Yeah, and it takes place a hundred years after the first film. A hun- and Damodar's in it. 
Yeah, Damodar survived his defeat by Ridley Freeborn, having been cursed by his former master, Profion, to walk the earth as an undead entity. Driven insane by the curse, he seeks revenge against the kingdom of Izmir and the descendants of those who defeated him. Okay, that's a, that's a believable enough storyline for now, what we've been given, anyway. And it was shot, uh, so yeah, the third one was shot in Bulgaria. Um, okay. I, it's Nagrul the Foul was an evil sorcerer who spread despair throughout his immortal life. As he neared his end, he sold his soul to the demon lords of the abyss. His skin was turned into pages, his bones into a cover, his blood became ink <laughs> of pages, and the book of vile darkness was born. <laughs> Anyone who looked into the book became evil. <laughs> the kingdom of Karkuth was consumed by evil until a group of warriors called the Knights of the New Sun arose. I like that. The Knights of the New Sun arose and saved the people using amulets given, given to them by the god of light, Pelor. Using the amulet, they channeled the god's power and light and overcame darkness. Such power could be wielded owing to the purity of their hearts. The ink was destroyed by the knights, but the pages and the cover could not be recovered as followers of Nagrul had hidden them. As people began to forget that Nagrul existed, the power of the knights dimmed. Two thousand years later, a new paladin named Grayson is recruited into the knights' order. By, but, un, but like all knights through the centuries, the power of the amulet is not granted to him by the power of Pelor. However, before he can even pout... Really? Before he can even pout. All the knights are killed and his father is abducted. Against his will, he becomes part of an evil crew looking for the horn that will lead them to the cover of the book. The crew comprises of Akrador, a Shadarkai sorceress, <laughs> Seth, a human assassin, Vikan. <laughs> I love the idea a, that Seth is in this. Yeah, you know, After Seth. That first person and then just Seth. Yeah, like guy. they... Sh you start with Seth, and then you go to the crazier yeah. names. No, let's put Seth second, because, you know, it's Seth. Um, Vic Mac, a Goliath barbarian. Biz, a human vermin lord. And Grayson. The horn is guarded by a wyvern. the hell's a wyvern? A wyvern. It's like a... Imagine a dragon. Bipedal dragon, okay. Yeah. Okay, that is slain by Grayson. Not by sword, but by magic. And he saves Akordia, or Accordia, Accordia, okay, who the uh, the Shardar Kai sorceress, who falls in love with him. The horn leads them to encounter an undead child, okay, named Slaymate, because that's what I would name my undead undead child. I mean, they if, forced if to you leave. know they're undead, then fair enough. But uh, yeah, were they born slaymate? <laughs> I don't know. It does. It doesn't. We don't go. I can't click on to find out more about slaymate. Um, but I want to know. No one has made a Wikipedia entry for slaymate. If you've watched this film, please for the few, for the for the love of of all that is podcasting, <laughs> fill in. I, I, you know what? We're going to do a podcast just on slaymate. <laughs> Let's do a podcast where we go through. All of the red links on the Wikipedia page for this movie and fill them in in great detail. I'm down for that. <laughs> I, uh, I hate myself because I want to watch this film now. <laughs> I kind of do as well. The, not gonna lie, the the cover art for it kind of looks like a it, it looks like a video game 
first of all, because you have like a third of a guy holding a sword or a knight holding a sword. You have this fiery background and you see this dragon and there's a castle and it goes Dungeons and Dragons 3. The 3 is huge. The Book of the Vile Darkness. Like, who thought of the title for this? <laughs> the did. Book of the Vile di- Like, did they just go through with the source and go, okay, what's another word for evil? Vile. Do we Are we okay with vile? Vile it is. Okay. Well, so they weren't okay with vile because they needed something. What's something else that is normally sort of associated with evil? So we'll go with evil darkness. darkness. Yeah. I mean, given the premise of the book, though, that an evil guy just sort of became a book. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings-esque idea. Well, this came out in 2012, it filmed in 2011, so when did Lord of the Rings come out? I mean, the the book for Lord of the Rings was written fucking ages ago. Yeah. I'm talking about the movie. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, 2001. It was released 2001, so... And their their graphics... Well, mind you, they had a budget of 93 million, so... <laughs> makes sense. That's well, so this one had a 45... Money. I know, but this one, the first one had 45, Lord of the Rings had 93, and I'm pretty sure 90% of the budget went to CGI, yeah. oh, okay. and it that, shows. That was Lord of the Rings you were talking about. I thought you were talking about more Dungeons and Dragons problems no. with fucking ridiculous, stupid fucking budgets. Oh my god, 2000 was the first, second was five years later, the third was seven years later. Dungeons and then Dra- this the film that we're talking about today the first one came out in like 2001 uh no release date December 8th 2000 yeah so yeah so close this enough, was yeah. competing directly with the first Lord of the Rings then uh was it didn't you say the first Lord of the Rings came out in 2000 first one came out in 2001 yeah so it oh, was yeah. so it was very close to like it was a year later yeah <laughs> and uh well they learned a lot. <laughs> um, to say this, uh, say the least, uh, they learned uh, how not to make a movie. Did they? We haven't seen the second and third ones yet. <laughs> um, direct-to-video sequels. I'm pretty sure I can nearly say unequivocally that uh, they did learn. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! I, I like. What has Justin been in since this movie? Let's see. Which one's uh, Justin? Is that really? Justin? Uh, hold on. Justin is Ridley Freeborn. Yeah, the, right, yeah, the, the main character. The yeah. main character. Um, he has since Dungeons and Dragons. He's been in Roulette, Slammed, Blood of Beasts, National Lampoon Dorm Days Two. So you know he's going up. <laughs> Super Lampoon Capers. Dorm yeah. Days Two. Yeah, what the sequel. Is that not about? the. That sounds like fun. Well, check that one out in a second. Um, Super <laughs> Capers. Super the house, the house that Jack built, and off the ledge was in two thousand nine. Um, the wonderful world of Disney he was in in ninety eight, and that's everything. Like, uh, hold on, is he uh, born September? He's in a he's known for his roles as teenager Andy Barclay in Child's Play three, Jimmy Olsen in Lois and Clark. He played Jimmy Olsen in the Lois and Clark Adventures. I don't know what that is. So. Uh, back in like the 90s, uh, there was a TV show called Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Right. Oh, I see. With, okay. um, who, it was with um, Dean Clark, 
who played uh, Clark Kent in Superman, and Terry Hatcher played Lois Lane. Right. So it wasn't bad. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was interesting. It was interesting. I d- I don't know what he's doing. Whalen's been working as. Yeah, not he's like awful in this movie. To be fair, like I think he's no, doing he... the best with what he's been given. Yeah, <laughs> and what he's been given is I, just, I don't want to miss what it's absolutely fucking terrible. Um, no. But you know, there's only so much you can do with that role. I think the best performances in this movie are people who are just sort of playing extremely campy versions of themselves. Yeah. But the problem is the story is supposed to be kind of serious. Because you know, there's yeah, like, they wanted like, like serious the, and joyful moments, you know. But yeah. there's kind of like there's the fate of a city at stake. And sort of mm-hmm. classist uh, social structure to overthrow, so it kind of it's kind of hard to appreciate all the camp in this because yeah. it feels like there's supposed to be actual stakes, which doesn't make the camp seem fun. It makes it seem stupid. So you, you can only really appreciate the sort of camp and sort of bits of levity of the, of the film. So my favorite part of the film, my favorite performance, is um, I don't know the actor's name, but it's a character called Xylus who is the head of a thief guild, because he's yes. just sort of a very sort of stereotypical campy version of that character, but he's not tied into the rest of the plot. He's just a small obstacle they have to overcome. So it, it's, you, can, you can enjoy him for being a sort of stereotypical kind of scenery-chewing guy. Yeah. But when Jeremy Irons is doing it, it feels stupid. He's, you, you feel like he's, he's like, fuck, I, I signed a contract, I have to fucking do this. Yeah. If I'm going to do it, I'm just going to... Like, there's a lot of great actors that get screwed into doing movies like this. <laughs> and then they just go, you know what? Fuck it. And they just... They go... They pour their heart and soul into the campiness aspect of it. And they just overact it. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to be mad at any of the performances in this. Because, like I said, it's, you know... If you're given the worst script ever, you can't do an amazing job acting. And I don't know... <laughs> how good this director is at directing acting. Um, well, let's see the director. The director was Courtney Solomon. And has she been up to uh, much since? Oh, she's from Canada. Way, I love her already. <laughs> uh, she's the founder of the production company After Films Dark. Or After Dark Films, sorry. Um, what has she done... She's done a bit. So she her first film was uh, Dungeons and Dragons, then American Haunting, American Dra- uh, Dungeons and Dragons: Wrath of the Dragon God. She produced it. Okay, the next. So she in two thousand and two thousand five she directed Dungeons and Dragons and American Haunting, and then she didn't direct something until twenty thirteen, which is Getaway. Wow, which is the uh, Ethan Hawke, Selena Gomez movie. Okay. Um, and then she never directed again. She's more of a producer. Yeah. And I'm looking at the movies that she's produced. She did the uh, Universal Soldier Regeneration. Uh, Butterfly Effect 3. Revelations. Okay. Uh, just I'm just trying to look for anything. Oh, Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning, okay, in 2012, Getaway. All of the things uh, she's produced have have really good names, like really over the top names. 
the woman in the window. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm looking at and like most of these movies I've never heard of. Yeah, I, I don't think I have either. Like the Universal Soldiers, I have because I know how huge the series is. Oh, she directed El Gringo. Uh, is that the one? Nope. It stars Scott Atkins. Christian Slater. There you go. Big namer. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so she she hasn't done much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know if, if she's good at directing, acting, or if she was just sort of going, you know, these are the lines. Um, but <laughs> Say uh, the lines. Have fun with it. Yeah. But basically all the characters have to do is to just super commit. I mean, with the exception of the Wayans brother that's in this, who is just doing what he does in any movie. Yeah. Um, which is fine, I guess. I mean, it stands out a bit, but I mean, in this movie, it probably pays to have things that stand out. Um, just to distract you. Yeah. But then, like, Jeremy Irons is just like... <laughs> yeah, so just before we started, I actually watched, I was like, okay, let's see some highlights of this movie, just like, because it's been a while since I watched yeah. it. I watched it last week. And all of it was, was it was literally one uh, video watching of Jeremy Irons' campiness. Yeah. Or chew, scene chewery. And it's just him chewing the scene. So the majority of it is him giving that speech in front of the council. Right, yeah. Where he's trying to get uh, Thor Birch's character to give up the, uh, the scepter. And it's like, it's so much campiness. Like, I'm watching it and I'm like... This is like lesson. This should be shown in schools for theater. This is what you don't do. Don't do this. You say that, but on, in like a school production on the stage, someone giving it that amount of like sort of just a commitment to being <laughs> evil is kind of that. Uh, that would really work for like a school play. It True. doesn't work in like a feature film. A forty-five million dollar film. <laughs> Did all of that go into hiring Jeremy Irons? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure ninety percent of that salary, that budget was Jeremy Irons. Uh, God damn. Yeah, why is he in this? <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you brought up her name. The woman who plays the Empress was it? Did you say Thora Birch? Yeah, Thora Birch. Let's see. Uh, I believe she wasn't she in the American Pie movies. If she is, then I, I can't recall her. No, she was in American Beauty. Right. Um, Ghost World. She was in Hocus Pocus. Great movie. Okay. Probably before your time. She is the, probably, I think, the worst part of this film. And I, yeah. again, I don't think this is necessarily her fault because her lines are fucking terrible. Like, she just has to play this sort of paragon of absolute good. Which no one is. Um, I want, I want to see. Oh. So there is a reboot planned. I heard. Uh, is, is that a Russo's directed? No, I'm sorry, produced. I, I don't know. So in 2015, Warner Brothers developed a reboot of Dungeons and Dragons with Rob Letterman directing. Nothing came of it, and then in 2017, Paramount Pictures picked up the project with a July 23rd, 2021 release date. I bet so that's, that's probably not the case anymore then, because we've not really heard anything else about it. And that's, give me a second. I'm going to check. Actually, to see. 2021. That could still be the case. Yeah. Dragon movie. 
Ah, no, no. Go back. Stupid computer. 2021. There we go. Let's see. Uh, it has an IMDb. The directors are John Francis De Delay, Delay and Jonathan Goldstein. Okay. I think I was getting confused with um, the, the Russo Brothers doing a Magic the Gathering movie. Absolutely. Yeah, probably. Um, will be set in the Forgotten Realms. Okay. Uh, the movie was moved to re uh, to November to accommodate for Mission Impossible 7, which, of course, is going to probably make more money than this. Hmm. Uh, the fourth Dungeons and Dragons film and also a reboot. Uh, pictures, Paramount, Sweet Pea. Yeah, not much is no 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 update on it. Okay. Um, oh wait, no, sorry. A new report claims the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons could be. Ooh, this is from comicbook comicbook.com. Gets updated scripts, starts search for lead actor. A new report claims that the Dungeons and Dragons movie could be making some big news soon. Paramount has been working on a new Dungeons and Dragons movie, going so far to announce a release date. And reports indicate that Chris McKay will direct the upcoming film. We haven't heard much news. Claims that finally moving forward. Yeah, they're looking for. They're seeking to recruit some major A-list talent to star in this film. Okay. Paramount is hoping to land Will Smith, Josh Brolin, Chris Pratt, Vin Diesel, Matthew McConaughey, wow. Jamie Foxx, Joel Egerton, Dave Bautista, Jeremy Renner, or Johnny Depp as the male lead. The best chance they have is Vin Diesel. <laughs> God, and God. I'm only saying that because he, he's to go with fantasy. Well, because he's a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan. Right. Okay. Well, maybe. So, <laughs> the problem, so I think. I don't know if I can ever get that excited about the prospect of a Dungeons & Dragons film if it is, you know, for all attempts, a Dungeons & Dragons film. Because this film, the, uh, the 2001 film, is really bad. But it is quite a lot like a campaign of Dungeons & Dragons. That's what I was thinking. I think the, the writers actually decided, hey, let's play a game and see what happens. Yeah, And, and they just... Did that. <laughs> and the problem is those stories, like Dungeons & Dragons, I don't want people to think from that kind of comparison that you shouldn't play Dungeons & Dragons because Dungeons & Dragons is an enormous amount of fun. But the stories yeah, I... are structured very differently because you can't just sort of take a movie story and apply it to people who play Dungeons & Dragons because it won't make for a very fun game. And vice like... versa, because it won't make for a very good movie, which is what happened, and I'm led to believe three times. Um, you know, I don't know if the second and third ones uh, feel as much like they're adapted straight from a Dungeons and Dragons thing, but there are parts of this movie where you go, well, that's kind of stupid. But if you think, well, maybe it's because it's supposed to be like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, and then it kind of makes sense. Like um, early on, our sort of main characters, uh, Ridley Snails, who is played by the Wayans brother, and Harmon Harmonica, probably not Harmonica, but I can't remember her name, so it's going to be Harmonica. Um, Which. She's like the Nor mage that Ridley's in love with. Um, hold on. I think it's Harmonia, now that, I, now that I think about it. But Harmonica's funnier, so I'm going to keep saying Harmonica. Hold on, hold on. I want to... Is this the girl? I. It's... No, so it's played by Zoe McLean. McElhenney, and it's Marina Pretentia. Marina. Right. Uh, and... 
Yeah. Is this who is this? And because you have the elf as well. Yeah. Which I, th- I think no. Uh, yeah, I think it's played by Kristen Wh- Wilson or Kirsten Wilson, however you decide to pronounce her name. I'm just trying to get a photo of her, but my computer's being stupid, of course. Search. Yeah, it is her. She plays the elf, elf in tracker, the movie. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> what? She's 50. Wow. Good for her. With three kids. Well done, you, Kirsten slash Kristen something or other. That I can't, didn't <laughs> Wilson. Wilson. Um, I do like the uh, the dwarf Elwood, played by Lee Arnberg. Well, that's that's what I was getting to. Um, his introduction into the story is very much like a D and D campaign is, because what's happening is um, <laughs> Ridley Snails and Harmonica are running away from some bad guys. <laughs> And they just jump on him. And then for reasons that are never particularly clear, he is just inserted in the story now. Um, And, you know, he doesn't actually have to be. And later on, they're like, are you coming? And he's like, I don't see how I have a choice. Yes, you do. There's no reason for you to be involved in this. But he just decides (laughs) that he is. And when you're watching the movie, you're like, well, that's stupid. But that's the kind of thing that happens in a game of Dungeons & Dragons. Because in a game of Dungeons... you I. I guess you probably you probably won't feel this as much because the the game that you've played that we played together was an adaptation of Guardians of the Galaxy characters, and yeah. their reason for being around each other is established, you know, in various media and films. But um, the average game of Dungeons and Dragons, you get five idiots who have made <laughs> hilariously different characters, like super niche and weirdo characters that would never properly get together interact yeah like normally someone makes like a loner monk who likes to be by themselves all the time and has never liked other people because they kind of like to sort of impart their own sort of problems onto the kind of the character and then you know it doesn't really make sense that those get together but when you're playing dungeons and dragons you know you want to play with the other real people in the room who are playing so you just tend to come up with a sort of crap reason for your characters to stay together and do the whole thing together so that the real people can play together. And that sort of thing doesn't make for a good movie because it doesn't necessarily make sense. But it's it works in a game of Dungeons & Dragons. It's what makes a game of Dungeons & Dragons fun because now you're all working together. Um, and so his introduction into the story... And again, his character. His character never does anything important. He doesn't kill anybody important. He doesn't. Well, doesn't important. he... Doesn't he? Because spoiler alert: if you're mm-hmm. ever going to watch this movie, he dies. Does he? I literally I watched this twice, <laughs> and I can't remember him dying. When Hold did on. he die? What did he do? So at the same time, an elf heals Ridley along with Nordis soldiers. Later, Marina tries to help Ridley get over the death of snails. All right, so they break into Damador's castle to rec- to rescue Mar- uh, Marrakesh. Oh Harmonica, sorry. <laughs> well, Norda and Elwood stay behind. After Ridley and Snail decides to split up, Ridley finds and rescues um, Harmonica. But Snails is confronted by Dumbledore after he finds the map, and a fight ensues between the two, with Dumbledore gaining the upper hand. When Ridley and Harmonica arrive, Snails throws the map to his comrades before Dumbledore kills him and throws his body off the castle. Right. Okay. Ridley, yeah, that's, Ridley that's becomes Snails. enraged. That's the Wayans brothers character. Yeah, Snails is the Marlon Wayans who gets thrown off a castle. So stabbed and thrown off a castle. 
Ooh. Damador also stabs Ridley with his own sword after Ridley becomes enraged. Yep. Uh, Marina uh, Harmonica grabs some magic dust and creates a magic portal to escape with Ridley. Meanwhile, during a council meeting, Profian and Empress Savina factions decide battle for control of Ismar's ma- using magic. Um, so the greatest thing that Snails did was throw a map and die. Yeah. That was his contribution to this um, adventure. Snails is very much like a Shaggy and Scooby-Doo kind of character. And yeah. Ridley is very much sort of the rest of, of Mystery Inc. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't think there's not a place for him in this story in the same way there's not a place for the dwarf. Because I was like I said, yeah, you- it sounds like the only thing that the dwarf does is maybe die. Um, he's just sort of there. He feels like a character in a game of Dungeons & Dragons who is... You know, one of the player characters, he just never ends up doing anything that important. Snails. He's just there for the muscle. Like, yeah. you need the muscles. Like, this this falls into, uh, the, these characters all fall into, like, they fit roles specifically. You have someone who's muscles. So yeah. if there's a fight, you know, you can f- pick on him. You have the comic relief in Marlon Wayans, who does nothing but ends up being kind of like the big savior. Because what he does be- before he dies is helps the crew. Then you have Justin uh, or Ridley, who is the main character. So he's this virtuous person, pretty much, even though he's a, a thief. Yeah. Um, and then you have the elf that is the love interest of Marilyn Wayne's character, who's just there for eye candy, I'm guessing. I'm about to say, yeah, you can't really call her love interest. He hits on her like twice, and then he dies. Uh- yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you have uh, uh, Harmonica, who is also again. Thank you for committing to Harmonica. You don't have to. Have to. <laughs> I am going to commit to the end because um, this is our Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> uh, um, event or playthrough. Um, but yeah, like each of the characters, like in the early like two thousands, most of the movies all had like this. You had those stereotypical characters like oh you're going you have a group adventure you need the muscles you need the brains you need the comic relief you need the quiet person who just sits there yeah. that you're kind of scared of but don't know why and they, and they but do, yeah and they and they do sort of fill the, the roles that a, a random table of D players would have because they would typically be you know generally everybody wants to be in a different class yeah you know so they can sort of fill a different play style even though like i said that's an unlikely group of people to be working together. Um, but uh, we've got, I guess, two rogues in the, um, in the essence of uh, Ridley and uh, Snails who are working because they are friends. And we've yeah. got a, a mage character in Harmonica and I'm, I'm not sure. An why. elf The elf assassin? never really does anything, to be honest. Hold on, let me just hear. Red dragons. Later. da 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 Bring the magic school, but discovered by Harmonica. Yeah. It looks like uh, Harmonica is just there to... Like, it's really weird. Well, Harmonica is the love interest of Ridley yeah. as well. And she, um, she, she, she is sort of vital to the plot because she knows things about magic and can get them to places with that being said she works at the mage school where uh ridley and snails steal an important map um or at least attempt to 
but Ridley's actually the one, even though she's the one that knows about magic, who just randomly knows one thing about magic and activates the map. So actually, now that I think about it, even though she's sort of baked into the plot and her and Ridley, I guess, have pretty good chemistry, she doesn't really actually have that good a reason for being there either. I mean, she's 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 pegged as a criminal by as sort of a, an accomplice to Snails and um, Ridley. So her insertion into the plot makes sense. But she never does anything that important, I guess, except for be kidnapped and be a love interest for Ridley as well. And yeah, and they randomly run into the elf. Ridley, Snails, and Elwood escape um, and meet the elf, Norda, who works for the Empress and informs the Empress about Profian's plan to get the rod. Yeah, this is this is movie is so weird. Like um, just trying to read the summary and understand, it's like I'm confused. Well, it's the kind of chaotic crap that happens in a game of Dungeons and Dragons because that's that's the thing is is people when they start Dungeons and Dragons they think they're going to make something kind of like a fantasy movie, and it's not really mm. that much like a fantasy movie because people behave like cartoonish versions of real people as opposed to like idealized versions of real people in fantasy movies mm-hmm. um i don't so if you get the distinction i'm making so it means you will spend an hour like going down something that's completely unrelated to the plot that the dm has painstakingly put together um which similar to how i made you chase well, exactly, yeah. Like when we played D D together, we we did a bunch of shit that was not necessary, because that's what happens in a game of D and D. D and D is kind of it's an it's a much it's a very eclectic group mix of situations that happens that the players experience together, and then eventually they get to the end point, and never once I think has it happened in the way that the DM set out for it to happen. You cannot plan a story in a game of Dungeons and Dragons because it won't happen. The players Unless, will do something else in a way that you cannot predict. Are you talking from experience? Oh yeah, but also just you know, <laughs> just in general, that's just how it is. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm thinking if if you're the DM, the dungeon master, yeah. with your friends, just listening to the Dungnos and Dragons podcast, um, I can understand how this movie was created because um, they probably listened in on one of your Dungeons and Dragons yes. games. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it it feels like it's because I'm I'm like I've listened to a few other podcasts that do Dungeons and Dragons stories and it's nearly not as chaotic I would say yeah as well, this movie feels this like has the movie to compress it, all the important parts I think yeah into, into the first half hour and that ha- that first half hour really is just fucking nonsense because it's putting together characters who don't belong together into a story that is extremely convoluted i mean for people who haven't seen this movie we don't we've not actually really gone into the plot the plot is the mages are for some reason the sort of first class citizens and everyone the rulers of the second class citizens who are being oppressed by these mages one of these mages profion who is evil that is the depth of his character. He's the one played by Jeremy Irons. He is a bad guy. He's a bad guy he, who is evil and wants to be evil and do bad things. Yes. And he wants to get a rod that will control red dragons so that he can take over the city because the empress, who, despite being an empress, um, 
basically doesn't do anything to put these mages in check, but is now starting to feel like she should put these mages in check. And she has so pretty much like the queen, yeah, of England, <laughs> exactly like the queen. Um, and she has a staff that that controls the that controls gold dragons, gold or white dragons. One of them I can't remember. And Hold on. Yeah, gold so, dragons. Yeah. So by the end of the film, there's basically a big civil war between red and gold dragons that last for about 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and the tower and they, this, so, Oh, that's the CGI, end. though. Our, our hero's goal is basically to get this red staff, um, which, to be honest, the Empress could have much more easily done this if she... Never, if they'd never done that, if they'd never gotten the red stuff um, to control the red dragons, because then she'd just have unopposed white dragons. But um, yeah, in the end, there's a big fight between red dragons and, and white dragons, and or gold dragons, sorry. And yeah, the good guys win. But yeah, that's 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 what we're dealing with, and they need to get a bunch of items before they can get to this stuff, and they go to a bunch of different locations, and they're being tracked by bad guys and also by good guys because they're being because they're criminals because the bad guy is sort of one of the good guys because the government is corrupt because it's run by mages for some reason um i take it you're not a fan of mages in dungeons and dragons no i like mages fine it's just weird that they're for some reason the first class citizen in this movie because <laughs> that's not an established thing as far as i'm aware um mm. Like I said, kind of the crux of my podcast is that none of us really know that much about Dungeons and Dragons, but I have picked up a lot. I mean, we we barrel into that for the joke, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I listen to it. I have played Dungeons and Dragons a fair bit, and I listen to it. I mean, I, I, that's why I'm here. Is sort of lend a sort of I mean, idea <laughs> you of are how the Dungeons uh... and Dragons works in this film. Um, oh God! But yeah, that's it's the kind of campaign that might last over. Four or five or six three to four hour sessions. I mean, people who properly play Dungeons and Dragons, we've only ever played for about an hour at a time because we play in a version of Dungeons and Dragons that is very sort of, me and you this is, um, very deliberately episodic and based on real characters. So the sort of motivations of our characters are set out for us early on. You know, I think we are... When we're playing Guardians of the Galaxy characters, we are more predictable to Dante the DM. And, you know, yeah. we can make a more focused story. But a re- the average game of Dungeons & Dragons is generally, you know, four to five players. A session will last for three to four hours. And that always sounds like really long to people who don't play. But once you're playing, you, you don't notice. It's uh, That's just how much fun it is. Everybody should play. It's like a podcast. Like, already right now, we're nearly we're, we're hitting the 50-minute yeah, mark, we and I'm like... We're barely we, we're really ba- talked about the film. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's like... it's it's. I, I'm always amazed. I'm like, okay, I have an hour of a podcast that I have to fill. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we're talking about this movie. I'm like, this movie, there's not much to talk about. Like, <laughs> like the tagline for... too much to talk about, because that's, that's the point that I'm making, is this kind of campaign, if it were a Dungeons & Dragons game, it would be over four to five sessions, and each session would be about three to four hours, and that is compressed into a movie that is, I believe, like... 70 minutes how long is this film 108 minutes okay it's longer than i thought i guess i was just keen for it to be over um (laughs) it's also one of those movies that you're like it's 108 minutes long oh my god shoot me um so yeah it it just makes everybody feel under realized you know nobody feels like a real character and you know that can sound to fans, people who either aren't fans of Dungeons and Dragons or fantasy, like a stupid complaint that these people don't feel real. 
but the thing is good i think of like good fantasy and good murder mystery things being the same as magic like magic okay. tricks and what i mean by that is much it's much more obvious an analogy in murder mystery where you what you've got to do is make something that should be impossible possible that's what yeah. makes the best murder mysteries and you know good magic trick. i mean that's what a magic trick is and in fantasy it's not about making it seem possible it's about making it seem believable you know true. because you wouldn't care you know lord of the rings wouldn't be good if no one related to none of the characters or it didn't feel like anyone was doing things for reasons that make sense um and like nearly in, in lord of the rings nearly everybody can uh find a piece of themselves in all the characters so that makes you love each one of the characters right yeah but these characters are caricatures they are all i mean like i like I said before, I think the Empress is probably the worst part of this film because she is just a good guy. And the thing is, when you are just a good guy, unlike when you are just a bad guy, like Jeremy Irons' character, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to just perform the part like a fucking lunatic. Because Jeremy Irons performs the part like a lunatic. He oh, just, yeah. I'm... He's just always like, I'm evil and I want to get the dragons. Like, he's just fucking going for that it. That was uncanny. I thought I had Jeremy Irons on the podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Thing. People think I'm being sarcastic. That was pretty accurate. Uh... So, I'm going to put in the link of the show notes to the campiness or the chewing of the scenes. Yeah. So that people can literally understand how accurate, just how accurate your portrayal was just then. And the problem is the Empress is the opposite of that character, but you can't do that as a good guy. You know, you can't just No, she's so subdued. Nuts. She's so boring. She just fucking stands still and just monologues on one note about how she thinks everything should be good and no one should be bad. And people I don't like bad people, I like good people, and I want to be a good person. Well, just fucking do it then. Shut up. Move on. I don't care about you. And, like, she's the worst part of this. And I think, you know, because the writing so poorly reflects anything real, and like I said, that sounds like a stupid complaint about fantasy, but that's what makes fantasy good, you know, is if you take things that are impossible and stupid and you let people experience something that could never happen by making it tie into something they can understand. You know, that's what makes good fantasy. That's what makes you want to watch it because you can go this would be amazing to experience in reality, and I can sort of almost feel it. You can't almost feel this. It, no. First of all, no one behaves like a real person, but also it looks just awful, like you said before with the CGI. <sighs> there are so many dragons in this, and they are all... Like, they look like... Like Play-Doh. Like, they look like old... Have oh, you yeah. ever seen, like, old black and white... Um, yes, they do. Of dinosaurs like the, fighting, like T Rex fighting Diplodocus. They look like that. or, that's what the dragons look or like. the uh, Jason and the Argonauts movie, the uh, the original uh, Clash of the Titans movie yeah. with the stop animation. Heck, even uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, that movie had better stop motion animation than I, this movie. I, I think so. It's it's clear from this discussion. I do not like this film, but I think it's kind of reflected Stop how, the presses. how bad both a sort of adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons it is and a, a, as a fantasy film. My favorite part of this film is probably the bit with the least fantasy elements or magic references in the whole thing. It's also got no dialogue. <laughs> so that's also probably quite telling. 
it is i think there's one good part of this movie which is thoroughly watchable and that is the the thieves maze scene do you remember that yes so it maze is is a bad name for it because it's not a maze there is one very clear path through it um it's an obstacle course that ridley has to get in order to get a big gemstone that will in order which will later take them to a cave which they can use to enter a different cave which will take them to a possessed skeleton which has the <laughs> staff of the red dragon's thing which he will talk to and then get the red stuff and then get kidnapped immediately uh and then take it to the bad guy so the bad guy can have the rest stuff but anyway just the just the obstacle course bit is is a lot of fun to watch it's it's really being First of all, clever. You know, no, no one's yeah. that clever in this film. He, you know, him thinking of inventive ways to get through basically a death trap. It's basically a saw room. Like, yeah, Ridley's basically put in a saw room, which you know involves less <laughs> Good killing luck. other people and things like that. And he has to make his way through it. It's wordless storytelling. It's it's him just sort of thinking things through, trying things to test the environment. Um, and yeah, it's it's maybe. Uh, 10 or 15 minute sequence in the middle of the film that is by far the best bit and it get, it's just worse after that and as well that's that it, it's it's run by silas the guy i mentioned before as being the only performance that i enjoyed in the film <laughs> so that that yeah that 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 is a thoroughly enjoyable part of that film i think and then everything leading up to it everything leading up to it is is chaos and just sort of half-baked and not not enjoyable and everything after that just feels boring because we've had a good segment of like high-paced action, but also sort of suspenseful action in him trying to figure out this room and trying not to die. So just everything b- before it is awful, and then you go, "Oh, this is good," and everything after is, "Well, this isn't as good <laughs> as what was good." So there's been some nominations for Nomination. an awards. F- yeah. So it got nominated for the Stinker's Bad Movie Award <laughs> okay. for category Worst Picture, Worst Sense of Directing, Worst Supporting Actor. Oh, that's horrible. Jeremy Irons got Worst Supporting Actor. I mean, to be fair, uh, he's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair. But he makes the movie. He uh, does. I mean, worse... it, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't fun to watch him just be an insane yeah. person, but it's not a good performance. No. He was not the Jeremy Irons that you know. He wasn't captivating, uh, you know. It wasn't sympathetic. You didn't you didn't want to like him in any sense. He's just being bad because he he wants to be bad. It's yeah. like he's not being bad because of his childhood or some real he's just I'm just a bad yeah. person. And again, that's the sort of thing that, you know, overarching villains in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, a real game of Dungeons and Dragons, don't tend to you know, they might have sympathetic qualities that the DM has made, but it's very likely that as soon as your characters see them, they will just attempt to murder them. So you never yeah. get that. And players are fine with that because they're just doing what they think their characters would want to do. Makes for a very fun game of Dungeons & Dragons. Doesn't make for a good movie. No. Thor Birch got Worst Supporting Actress. Which worst one? On-Screen Group, the entire cast. Least special effects, at least special special effects, which okay, they should have won. Absolutely deserve because, like I said, there's a beholder, which is a real Dungeons and Dragons monster, which is all right. It's it's that big ball with eyeballs all over it. Yeah. Um, 
most intrusive else. musical score oh. and most unfunny comic relief marlon wins at snails uh they didn't win any award from the stinkers bad movie awards which i'm surprised to say the know, least i don't know if i hated snails is uh, marlon wayne's comic relief because you know in a, it movie, just... in a movie where everything's bad it was at least like well it's basically just a wayne's brother being a wayne's brother which you can enjoy yeah. there was one line that did make me chuckle uh, on this second watch um which is he's just met this elf character we were talking about played by that woman who is apparently 50 and has three kids and <laughs> she, I'm, I'm real good with names can you tell and yeah um she, he he's basically hitting on her and they this the pub that they're in gets stormed by the bad guys so everybody's running out and the dwarf character is dragging him out and he's like no 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 wait let me i'm in love and he's like seriously with the elf is like fine i'm not in love i just want to hit it <laughs> which i did enjoy which again it takes all the suspense out of it but this is a film where you know you're not banking on really good suspense if it was a better film i'd probably not like that line but because it's a bad film i did enjoy that line if that makes sense yeah no it it, it if even if the movie was amazing like it was like properly written and well done that line would still work in a, a serious movie because they're trying to relieve the the seriousness of that that moment the seriousness the the danger in that moment and you have it in some movies like you have this a random comic moment and you're like you're breaking the tension but it's needed to break the tension right. there was no tension in this this scene yeah they're just like we need to break the tension you mean the th- thin string of tension that we've just yeah. created you want to break that yes why like we're we're trying to make an epic movie here and you're throwing in a marlon wayne's line i mean like i said i i think because it's shit and because the tension was barely there i could enjoy the line more because yeah it was just like something it, to think about it's <laughs> one of those there movies is nothing that's to think about in this film no it's 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 like one of those movies that's so bad that it kind of makes it a a funny movie like you you get around with your your friends you're having a couple beers you're maybe enjoying some illicit things depending on where you are you're watching this and you're like yeah okay this is this is funny and you're making fun of the movie while you're watching it in a in a group setting this is this could very easily be a so bad it's good movie to watch by yourself it is tragic no no, and I, I, I've punished both you and Derek was <laughs> <laughs> watching horrible movies. Oh, God. Um, but also, uh, Thor Birch was nominated for a Young Artist Award and a Saturn Award. N- not for this. Yes. <laughs> I this. shit you not. Yeah. For this movie. Like, a, she's Best the worst su- part of this film. <laughs> Best Supporting Young Actress from the Young Artist Award and the Saturn Award. That's the woman that plays the Empress, yeah? Yes. Fucking Lord. Who's fucking nominated for that? She is terrible in this. Well, she didn't win. She didn't win. Attack. You know, I'm sure she's maybe good in other films where she's got a real character to play and a sense of direction. But in this, she's awful. What what year did this come out? We said two thousand. Two thousand, yeah. Two thousand winners. Let's take a look. What other animated films came out in two thousand? Because I'm I'm thinking, you know, when I judge the CG in this, am I judging it by 
sort of today's standard because by today's standards it's like oh it's it's it could only it could only be this bad on purpose you know what i mean by today's standards um, yeah of the time maybe it was passable but i get the feeling even then it was probably fucking atrocious yeah it was okay um that's weird so thor birch hold on this movie came out in 2000 2001 to 2000 so she, if i'm reading this right she wasn't nominated for this movie <laughs> she was nominated for american beauty right that's which came out in 99 ah oh, wait i need to do 2001 winners because this movie came out there we go that would make better the 22nd not the 21st all right supporting young actress she was nominated along with Claire Bryant, Ashley Johnson, uh, Caitlin Watch, and Hayden Patterton. Patterton I can't pronounce her last name. From Remember the Titans. She played the daughter of the coach. And Hayden won. Okay. With, with reason. Now let's check out the Saturn Award. <laughs> these are like somewhat prestigious awards. Like the Young Artist Award, the Saturn Award. Yeah. Like these are relatively like award 2001 okay and it's cinema escape genre face of the future is the name of the weird things acting okay hold on cinema there we go go to that special awards so thur birch was in the same category as Kirsten Kirk from Smallville. Okay. Lexi Dugan uh, from Andromeda and Jason X. Thorough Birch was nominated both for Dungeons and Dragons and Ghost World. Amy Ecker was nominated for Angel, which I think is, yeah, the spinoff of Buffy. Buffy, yeah. And then Jolene Balloch was for Enterprise. She played the... Um, the, 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 the Vulcan. Okay. Third Birch did not win. Right. Cool. Jolene <laughs> Balalock won for that. And James Marston won for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Hayden Christensen was uh, as well uh, nominated for this award for Males for Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones, the best Star Wars movie ever. Absolutely. Mm hmm. Ooh, Luke Rose. Who's Luke Rose? So is this for the, the Saturn Award? Uh, this is for, yeah, the Saturn Awards. Okay. Uh, so in 2000. Is this that you have to be quite young? Is that the sort of... I, th I think they're... Uh, the Saturn Awards... Yeah, let's read a bit about this. The Saturn Awards is an American award presented by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. It was initially created to honor science fiction, fantasy, and horror on film, but has since grown to renew reward other films belonging to genre fiction as well as television and home media release. The award was originally referred to as the Golden Squared... A scroll, the Saturn Awards were created in 1973. All right. Okay. It's all right, I guess. It's it's just, it's very strange she was nominated. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, I can understand the Stinkers or the Razzies getting exactly, nominated, like, yeah. but, like, these kind of some semi-prestigious awards getting nominated for i'm like wow really for this of all movies like she was not the saving grace of this film no um 
it's the film opened at number five at the North American box office. Um, domestically, well, internationally, it actually grossed more. Domestically was fifteen million. International was eighteen million. Wow, this movie. Well, thirty-three million. So, like, that's what it grossed. It didn't even cover. Mar- I don't even think it covered marketing because marketing is usually double the regular budget. Is that how they usually calculate it? I think. Right. This. Wow. I just f- found out that Zoe, the elf, pretty much, mm-hmm. she was in Designated Survivor, and I didn't even uh, realize it. I just got that name. It sounds like Designated Driver. That's very good. <laughs> oh my god. This movie. Designated Drivers are very good. Yes, they're... they're. Remember, kids, don't drink and drive. Very good. Don't do uh, it. There's your lesson for the day. But... So, technically, you can get the Book of Vile Darkness because it's in the UK. I don't think it was released in Canada I mean, or I, North America. I if I was ever going to go out of my way to get the, the Book of Vile Darkness, I don't think I'd pay for it unless I... I literally, I couldn't find a copy of it online to stream anywhere. <laughs> Hold on. I, I just want to see something. I'm searching Amazon right now. <laughs> I'm going to watch the second one first. I want to see... Dungeons and Dragons Wrath of the Dragon God, which is the second one. Yeah. Currently, can't get it in Prime. Uh, wait, no. I want to filter by Prime. Nope, can't get it in Prime. Um, $10 and... Yeah, right? $10 and 33 cents plus three forty nine Canadian. Um, I got the original one for 35 bucks. Why am I paying 35 bucks? I'm not paying 35 <laughs> bucks for the original. Um, I don't... What was the third one name again? Uh, the Book of the Vile Book Darkness. Of Vile Darkness. I'm just going to search the Book of Vile Darkness just to see. There's probably not see. many other things that will get cross-searched with that, yeah. That's probably specific enough. Book of Vile Darkness, Dungeons & Dragons Accessory. The Book of Vile Darkness with Double-Sided Map and Player's Book. Oh my god. Is it, is it uh, adapted from a real one-shot, maybe? Like a campaign? I thing? think it is. Hold on. Let me just bring it back up. Based on... Da-da, it was directed by Shot in Bulgaria. It was released. Okay. It doesn't say... So they just merchandised a lot of this film? A straight to DVD they film? That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's a it's a one shot. Okay. But I can't I can't buy this movie. <laughs> Which to be fair, um no one should. <laughs> I mean maybe it's really good and just no one seen it because the first two are awful. Hold on, but pulling I'm up probably ooh. never going to Rotten Tomatoes. I'm probably never gonna be like you know what, I've got to give this a chance because no one else has. I'm going to be the guy that discovers it's amazing and brings it back. I'm not willing to do that. I'm part of the problem, Phil. All right, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Maybe it really is then. Maybe it's a fucking amazing film that no one has seen. Literally no one has seen. All right, hold on. We're going to go Dungeons & Dragons. They have the first two. 
well there, there was also the tv series but that that's different that was um so i'm gonna ask you on the rotten tomatoes <laughs> What do you think the audience score was? For this first one? For the first one. Uh, probably. I, I think probably a lot of people enjoy the campiness of it, so it's probably going to be a higher audience score than the critic score. But it's well, you're still right. not going to be high. Probably like 30 to 40%. You're a little too high. Too high. 20. It's 20. <laughs> it's 20. And the uh, critics is 10. 10%. Yeah. And that kind yeah. of feels generous, to be honest. If you're an official critic and you're given, yeah. you're given a binary yes or no for this film, it's very hard to conceive that ten percent of critics gave it, it gave it the positive option. <laughs> well, out of ninety two, so nearly a hundred, so only ten percent of them actually like this movie. That's a lot of people, though, because it's it's more believable if there is ten people that reviewed it and just wait, one wait. weirdo gave it a thumbs up. If ninety two people, what? Watch it. That means nine of them. Oh, oh god! <laughs> I clicked on the critics' review. <laughs> the top one is the average episode of Xena or Hercules offers a more compelling and imaginative photo play. <laughs> oh my god! The movie has a cheap software look of something found on Space Channel at four a.m. <laughs> The movie may be the clumsiest, most inept cinematic exploitation of an item with kid appeal that we have seen yet. It is, it is, it, it's very difficult to watch this and believe that it had a theatrical release. The only thing that makes that seem like a real possibility is the fact that Jeremy Irons is in it. Nothing else yeah, and about the- it feels like a high-budget production. Because like, iron- like I said, all of the animation is awful crap but i have one with jeremy irons is mentioned without irons hamming there would be much wouldn't be much to chew on on this exacerbatingly plotless mess very true yeah i doubt anyone will be cosplaying as snails anytime soon (laughs) we still like it better than attack of the clones Ooh, ow i think it's painful probably Actually, you know what? I think I'd probably rather watch this than Attack of the Clones. Oh, interesting. Because things happen in this, and there's a large swathe of Attack of the Th- Clones where nothing happens. Yeah, well, it's just like Lord of the Rings, this, uh, the two towers. There's not much that happens until the end. Attack of the Clones, not much happens until the uh, end of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's, but... It's, the love story in this is very... It's very much not the focus. You know, no. eventually two characters kiss and then they just sort of get on with it. There's too much happening at any point in time for them to focus on that. And like just the middle 40 minutes of Attack of the Clones is just the least believable love story ever. Sand, is, I hate sand. It gets everywhere. It's to watch. It's fucking hard to watch. This is at least easier to watch, I think. It's really bad, but it's easier. And like, you know, me saying that it's not easy to watch. Certainly not by yourself. I imagine in a group it's probably a bit fun, but it's easier to watch, I think, than that is in the Attack of the Clones. Well, I think Attack of the Clones is easier to watch by yourself than this movie. But in a group setting, this movie is better. (laughs) I think in either setting I'd rather watch this, to be honest. (laughs) But I can understand your point. Uh, the, the, The audience score was out of 
47,000 people. So, yeah. Now let's look at the second one. <laughs> How good did the second one do? Yeah. I was like, we're just here well then. this film, but now I am curious. Now I kind of want to watch the next two films. <laughs> the, uh, Especially the, the, the sequel. Because the third one sounds fucking nuts. Yeah. It just looks like that bad like space or sci-fi movie. Um, the second one has no critic score. But the audience score is higher. It's 30%. With only 9.5 thousand people or users rating it. And I'm looking at some of the pictures. How's that animation? Um, well, they don't have any animation, but hold on. I'm going to save this picture and I'm going to just send it to you and I want to know your opinion. Right. Uh, just go to the desktop. Save this. Uh, pick one. All right. Uh, here we go. We want to go over here. Desktop. Where is it? Did it not save properly? No, it didn't save as a JPEG, did it? All right, hold on. Here. Send you the link. There we go. That's a pretty good dragon. Yeah, that's the the, the the cover. cover. The cover looks pretty good, actually. It looks um, like it's coming from a Dungeon & Dragons actual book, you know? Yes, it does, yeah. It, I Which really, it probably I really like is. Cover. Um, <laughs> these pictures all just look like wedding photos. They're really <laughs> weird. Like, like a medieval wedding photo going yeah. on. Like uh, that that elf outfit. That that looks. It does not look like someone has worn that for more than a day. It's, like, like, it's a really it's, st- stupid. It's kind of... It's like... Um, it's like the sort of very sort of objectifying outfits that women in MMORPGs Video games wear. Yeah. Because it's like, she's wearing armored, armored shoulders and armored tits, and that is it. The rest of her <laughs> With a short skirt showing. with a bit, with yeah, a bit of chainmail, like, you know? This is going to protect you from nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this... Oh. And it, it's good, just though. the guy... Uh, it it does look like a sci-fi movie on four at, at being on at four a.m. It does, yeah. Oh god, this is turning me it's off like, a bit actually because these photos just look really weird, <laughs> but not like in a good way. Just sort of like in a weird cosplayer way, where it doesn't feel like a mo- a real movie. <laughs> One of the first critic oh, apparently there is a critic review for this movie. Uh, from Movie Metropolitan. It resembles something made for Sci-Fi Channel. A low-key adventure packed with the kind of fantasy that endlessly ridicules yet lovable in a Harry Hassan kind of way. No, you're lying. This is bad. <laughs> is this for the second oh. one? Yeah. I mean, maybe uh, they're right. <laughs> I'm not going to find out, probably. Okay, one of the uh, super reviewers said, this while cheesy in all aspects, feels just like you're watching a D&D game play out, and for that, it hits its target audience and isn't that bad overall. I highly doubt it's like watching a, a D&D thing because, well, one, no, it just doesn't feel like it, 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 it well, would problem, be a D&D. The problem is maybe it is, but that's 
that's probably to the detriment of the film because like i said the aspects of the first film that are very much like a D&D campaign make it a worse film yeah and you know if they keep that up for these sequels then you know if you make a fantasy movie in the dungeons and dragons universe and the problem is there's no such real thing really as the dungeons and dragons universe because everybody plays a completely different version of a universe for dungeons and dragons you know there, there isn't really a standardized way that everything is supposed to be um, i need you to lo- look at the yeah, picture for the third movie for the book of vile darkness again very competent dragon at least if you know for a 2d rendered picture I get the feeling that probably not as good. Actually, it's 2012, so maybe the animation is a bit better. Oh my god. Look at the fourth picture. Alright, seal seven photos. Give me a second. One, two, three, four. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is some good cosplay. The character who's like. He's got like blue painted skin, but uh, black eye paint. But he's also like wearing a lei. But he's got yeah, the same I don't problem under- as the woman, where he's he's wearing like leather armor over like just his nipples, and then the rest of him is totally. Exposed. I'm wondering if that like that those are ears or something. <laughs> and this looks more like a real movie though, as opposed to just four random pictures of a forest in people with their best attempt at cosplay. Yeah. Oh my god. The I'm guessing I don't know which poster this is for but it looks like it's showing the three main characters plus the main villain right yeah oh my god the main villain apparently has his mouth stitched closed with a giant jewel on his forehead you have the painted man he looks awful he looks really bad he's got a great big ruby just in the middle of his forehead it really looks like glued on (laughs) And he's got like vampire fangs or something. I oh, know his mouth is stitched shut. Yeah, it looks like it's been sewn or stitched closed. And I'm then you have the. This one. I might, I might skip the second one and just watch this one. This one looks like there's more interesting stuff happening. And also, <laughs> it's from 2012, so maybe it won't look fucking horrible. But like the the other characters, like the main bad guy. I'm assuming this guy is the main bad guy. He looks competent. He's like, I am a bad guy. Whereas the other people look completely confused. They're like, What are we doing in this movie? <laughs> they have that look like oh shit we're in a movie but what's going on <laughs> yeah I, I could be convinced I think to watch the third one if I can find the third one <laughs> yeah if you can, if I can ever find a link for it online which is unlikely hold on hold on hold on I have an app which is a great app uh, it's called where is it there it is just watch and allows you to search movies and where they're streamed from that so doesn't sound legal surprised you can get it on the app store well no it it, it shows netflix crave right. those stuff okay apparently i can rent it or buy it on cineplex which is our local movie theater company here Okay. I can buy the third one for $4.99 Canadian. No, rent it, that sorry. Is a, that is a much more agreeable price than what we found for the other one. Uh, no, to buy it, it's 16 bucks. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, I can rent it for four, uh, for 4 bucks. And I imagine that if you ever did watch this, 
you'd want to rent it. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably not a DVD. You're going to watch a lot. I can't get the second one. There's no way of streaming it. <laughs> the second one, the second no. The second one is just gone to the world. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I can't stream the first one. I can only buy it or rent it. But it's much better priced. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. I reckon there's more copies of it available to sort of be distributed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's probably like finding gold is finding a DVD of the second one. <laughs> It's probably a collector somewhere who will pay outrageous sums of money for what is almost undeniably a terrible film. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe it actually had... It spawned two sequels. Yeah, that's, it's incredible. I mean, especially after... Like, the first one did terribly, and they're like, well, we'll get it right this time, and then the second one did terribly, and they were like, third one's the charm. And only released in the UK. Mad. <laughs> All right, Carlisle, this has been extremely interesting. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to let you again promote whichever podcast or all three podcasts where they can find you and anything else you would like to promote for the next uh, few minutes. Go ahead. It's all Uh, yours. uh, Well, I'll limit it to one podcast because I did my enormous gaggle of podcasts at the beginning as well. Uh, I'll do the one that's most relevant to this episode. I have a podcast called Dungeons and Dragnos, which is not... uh, We don't play Dungeons and Dragons on that podcast, but me and my friends, we come up with sort of funny things to use in Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's very much not... It's not so much a a genuine attempt at relating to Dungeons and Dragons players. It's us fucking around. It's comedy. We make stupid things. Like, we made one episode a gun that shoots Lady Gaga outfits at people. Um, <laughs> it's that sort of thing. Um, but if you do play Dungeons & Dragons, you can enjoy it. And if you don't play Dungeons & Dragons, neither none of us know that much about Dungeons & Dragons, so you can also enjoy it. Uh, so that's at Dragnos Podcast on Twitter and stuff. And I also just want to, want to plug, I released a, an acoustic EP of music recently, and I've got a, rocky, uh, got a rock single coming out soon on the 20th Ooh. of September. Uh, I don't know if this will be out by then, but... Um, yeah. So, uh, you know what? You said the twentieth, right? Yeah. I will release this on the, this episode is going live on the nineteenth. Then. All right. Cool. So j- tomorrow, if you look up on Spotify and stuff, Carlisle Orange, um, I have a new single coming out, which you might enjoy. I never really plug that on podcasts, and you know, I'm you should. You're yeah. you're an amazing musician. You're very uh, um, I love your uh, the last LP. Uh, EPLP, whichever I don't know anything about music, as it's well well documented that you just released. It really, I really understood and felt the lyrics you wrote. Oh, thanks, man. Is that, is um, that the, the acoustic EP? Uh, I don't think it's the acoustic. Hold on. Was it I think it was. Th- I also did one that was like a um, a concept EP about sort of a fling going bad called Play. Yes, that that's the one. Yeah. The the one I think it has letters in it. One of the uh, titles of the song, I think. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, letters in the title of the song. <laughs> Not actual letters. <laughs> Fuck me. The word letters. <laughs> Fuck. There's letters in the like title. Letters well, of the alphabet. Because, yeah. <laughs> most of them do have that. Um, hold on. There you are. Uh, yeah, it's uh, eleven. The hate messages. That's the one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, of course, ladies and gentlemen, all of his thousands of podcasts 
will be will be in the show notes as well as links to the uh his spotify as well as his youtube channel so you can check that, those out and, it's, um, and my personal phone number in case anybody is single and wants to get in touch because clearly i need a girlfriend um, or else he'll, he'll do another podcast don't contact he, me on the phone <laughs> <laughs> only on facebook ladies he's only on facebook uh but yes all the all of his uh, links to his various podcasts as well as his Spotify artist page you should be listening to because it's it's amazing he's very talented he also if if you ever do decide to do a podcast i'm pretty sure you can reach out to him and he'll make you a wonderful intro which he's done for at least a dozen podcasts already that's probably accurate not, yeah <laughs> not not counting your own not counting your your own dozen <laughs> podcasts that you've made, uh, but yes. He, also, yeah, you, you, you play the ukulele. I do play the ukulele. Yeah, it's one of the instruments I play. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that amazing? I don't know because I don't know anybody who plays the ukulele okay. of all thought, all instruments. Like a feat of skill. It's probably the easiest instrument for anyone to play, really, because it's just so tiny. And I can guarantee to you that I can't play the ukulele. <laughs> I have no musical abilities whatsoever. Well, so do you know? A lot of people in the same boat still start a, cha- a cover channel on YouTube with just a ukulele. So you, you know, you're probably better than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not test that, <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Feel Better Show. I want to thank Carlisle for uh, joining me on this adventure in Dungeons and Dragons. Thank you for having and, me, man. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was my pleasure. You you had me on twice, so it's only fair that I at least have you on once, <laughs> um, you know, to at least pay you back. And then in uh, in September, at the end of the month, uh, actually next when this drops, it would be next week. I'll be in London, uh, in the UK, finally meeting you. Hopefully, yeah, if everything goes exciting. right, and there will be a massive podcast with one microphone, probably <laughs> in the middle of a pub. Yeah. Yeah, in the middle of a pub. Well, luckily, there. They, I, if I'm not mistaken, Harry said there's no music at that pub, so oh, it sounds, should be sounds re- delightful. <laughs> well, it's going to be mean, easier. Good, one good for impromptu podcasts, I guess, but like a crap yeah. pub. <laughs> for mu- for like general ambience, not the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, thank you, Carlisle, for being on the podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Go see a movie. Maybe not this one. Maybe the third one. Go see Dungeons & Dragons. The... the second one, watch it and tell us how it is. Because we will yes, please. Because it. it looks like it's never going to be released ever. And I'm not paying like 20 bucks for the movie to be delivered to me. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. <laughs> see you later.